know, we were just talking about um, uh, referrals and, and uh, you know, and we talk about it a lot in our episodes, but um, one of the things that becomes really uh, important, particularly when the referral lands in your lap is the, the, the what now question, right? So referrals come from all sorts of different sources. They can come from an email you know, recommendation from an existing client. They can come from a colleague or a peer you've known, or they can come in the form of what we offer in many cases, which is that podcast screening, like, hey, you might be a good fit as a guest for our show. Um, those are all treated um, uh, as referrals. Now you've, you're at that meeting, what do you do? Great loaded question. Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts, as you might imagine, <laughs> but good place to start. So as I'm thinking through it in my head, right, there's, and this it sounds like a straightforward question, but there's a lot of components to it, I think. It's, you know, you have to evaluate where it comes from because it could be someone new in your network. It could be somebody that you have a long relationship with. So as you better understand the source you may also better understand the accuracy because of where it's coming from and how well they know what you do. So as people get to better understand you and, and what you do and your ICP and your UVP and all these types of things, their aim will probably likely get better, especially if you've been providing them with feedback. But let's just assume for the sake of argument that it's come from somebody new. Now, for example, with like the consulting that I do and tech and helping B2B SaaS products, some people are familiar with that terminology in that world. Some people aren't. I'd say probably most people aren't, um, especially, you know, most people that I think I just kind of network with in general that don't work specifically in that world or have some kind of component to it. As such, they may hear things that they think are the same, but might only be like closely affiliated or related like tech, for example. But that might be physical products that could be, you know, anything related to software in terms of purchasing a product or just like doing digital transformation, right? There's a whole world there. My piece is usually someone looking to actually build the software and make the software the business. So that's a bit of a differentiation. But if I've gotten a referral, I, I attempt to treat them essentially all the same. And I always go into it just looking for an opportunity to help, right? And sometimes people are looking for some type of help and sometimes they're not. So that's the first thing I try to evaluate is trying to get a bit of chance to kind of know them, give them an opportunity to know me, and then figure out whether or not we can help each other to a certain extent. That I think is the first step. And then from there, it gets a little bit probably more technical as I'm trying to figure out what type of progress are they trying to make and are they stuck anywhere? And if so, am I someone who can help them with that? Or is there someone else in my network that can help them with that? So there's a couple of different ways that kind of I do to figure those things out. I'm curious to hear your perspective as well, too, how you treat them. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting, right? Because there are um, indicators along the way that somebody's in the in the sort of discrete need for your product or service. And those mm -hmm. indicators, um, I, I think you raised one of them already, which is uh, really important, is that they uh, they may have a good understanding of the lingo, right? If they understand the specialized vocabulary that your business represents or that, you know, that your industry you're working in, if they don't understand the specialized vocabulary, chances are you have to do a ton of buyer education, which means they're earlier in their life cycle in terms of, you know, even the referral. Um, so uh, first things first is knowing the lingo. You, you can't go wrong doing the education along the way. I have uh, I haven't been in rooms with C-suite executives giving them definitions for words like ROI because it doesn't hurt 
to go over that to make sure you have a good baseline of understanding and we both know what ROI means as opposed to what do you think ROI means because somebody might be ROIC or you know ROIE and and those kinds of um, uh, conversations I think get really important when you're doing that screening you're looking for flags that somebody is in that buying position and vocabulary, I think, is one of them. But but I know there's more. And, and one of the things that you're really skilled at is that is how do you dig and how do you get to that? So so what else uh, are indicators that work for you? Yeah, uh, great context as well. And I can share kind of a so I've had a recent conversation just this week where I was able to figure this out from an intro from someone in my network who's made a couple of other intros or referrals to me. And upon doing a little bit of homework before that call, I had some idea that, you know, who I was about to speak with, but during the call, it was unclear until I stumbled upon something in the conversation and the dialogue that we had, which looked like it was an area for me to be able to help them. So they were building a software product business. They've been working on it for a number of years. And, you know, from what I could tell, it sounded like at least how I was being positioned, things were going well, right? They had some, you know, false starts, so to speak. They did some pivoting around, but it seemed like they were starting to figure it out. So they have the software product. It's kind of like helping e-commerce businesses with more education about their product, which is intended to kind of increase conversions and stuff like that. Seemed like a pretty cool product. And they had existing clients and they're generating revenue. So those those are all things I'm looking for in terms of like, where are you phase-wise and what it is you're trying to do with who I have, it, uh, have the potential to help? Because... I can help them with anything from like getting better return out of product development and making that more efficient all the way to and through like product positioning and pricing and discovery and all kinds of stuff. But as we've talked about before, I don't want to start the conversation with here's the laundry list of things I can help you with, like pick one, you know what I mean? It just becomes overwhelming for people. And if 90% of that stuff, if they don't need those things, it's wasted time and effort. So try to start with like, Okay, where are you? What are you doing? Okay, that's great. That sounds like really good progress. Sounds like things are going well. Like what isn't going well? Where are you stuck? What progress are you trying to make that you can't at the moment? Or, you know, what questions do you have? That's another good one I'll toss out there. And that led us to a conversation around how they've been pricing the product. And when after their pivot, after they started to gain interest from where they were focusing value proposition-wise more recently, they started to close deals with people. And they started as they were closing deals and in the B2B SaaS kind of world, sometimes when you're figuring out pricing, especially on the earlier side of things, you just kind of start somewhere and then you increase the price every new lead you get until basically people start saying no. <laughs> it's a very kind of a art, but also scientific way of trying to figure out what might be the appropriate pricing threshold that your customer may or may not be sensitive to in order to figure out where it's at. Problem is there could be multiple variables in the beginning. And in this case, there are because they're selling it to multiple different verticals and industries and all these other combinations. So, you know, $100 to one industry is not necessarily $100 to the other, especially given size and phase and all that kind of stuff of the potential clients. Anyway, long story short, they kept doubling their prices two and three times over and people just kept saying yes. And you get no resistance whatsoever. <laughs> so the question, the problem was like, what's going on here? And then ultimately found out that the last deal that they closed, they were charging like one one thousandth of ultimately what, you know, the kind of budget or return they could potentially produce for this customer in a year. So, of course, they were like, absolutely, you know, take my money. You're going to give me a thousand X return on investment. I'll take that no brainer because whatever, a hundred dollars for me might turn into half a million. So now in that case, 
right? You're probably leaving a lot on the table. So anyway, the trying to make trying to wrap this story up and get to the point that I'm trying to make here is ultimately what they need help with is figuring out how to price their product appropriately because they had experimented a little bit and it you know they knew they were leaving money on the table and there's pain there for them and they want to make that progress and they want to figure out how to get you know the right kind of ROI for their customer but also generate good amount of value for the business and so we may have a you know engagement or work together on something like that but the the point that I'm trying to make here is that I ask the questions ultimately to try to figure out what they have done and what where they're stuck in terms of the progress they're trying to make to ultimately figure out like what's at the top of your list most important thing you're trying to do right now that you're struggling with and once i figure that out is that something i can help you with in this case it was sometimes it's not and if it isn't then i'm like all right well let me go through my rolodex of people on my network so i can get you to the next best person that can help so it's it's interesting that 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 what have you tried to solve the problem question is really interesting because it also gives you a ton of information about the way they think the problem works, right? Um, it's it's very much like um, you, you know you you've got a, a medical symptom and you know the doctor gives you medicine A and you go okay well I tried medicine A it didn't work but that's because I only gave the doctor this much information on the symptoms I had or this is the way I viewed the problem. Whereas uh, a good doctor is going to ask you enough diagnostic questions to understand the nature of the underlying illness, right? They're not going to stop with like, oh, it looks like you're having an allergic reaction. It's going to be like, so what did you do yesterday? Where were you? What were you up to? What allergens might you have been exposed to or what have you? So when we talk about like a lot of this discovery process in these, you know, referral kind of evaluation calls, it's, it's super important to get to that you know, what have you tried? It also lets you know um, if they say, well, we haven't tried anything. We're still, we don't even know. Um, you, you, you still get that, uh, that sense for how urgent the problem is as well, right? If I've tried 15 different ways to solve the problem as opposed to one, uh, there's a good chance that I'm exasperated and ready to just pay to make the problem go away. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of that kind of dynamic there. I think it's important to understand from there then, you know, from, from that information, where do you go next? Where do you, where do you talk about, or what do you, what do you keep digging to, to find uh, once you've got a sense for how that worked in the, ref in, in that referral conversation? Yeah, that's a great point. And the better understanding the context around how they're trying to solve the problem is really great to understand their motivation, how, you know, intense is this problem or pain for them to the extent of do, you know, how serious are they about solving it? Because you're trying to kind of make it apples to apples comparison whenever possible to better understand if this is a real opportunity here, or this is, you know, is this a real pain point? Do they need a painkiller? Is this more of a minor annoyance? It's kind of like a vitamin thing. So after you've been able to figure that out and realize where they're stuck or what type of progress they want to make, I think then it's an element of, you know, like I mentioned before, okay, am I the person that can help them with this? Is this fall into my wheelhouse or is it someone else in my network? Once you've evaluated that, then you can start thinking through, okay, well, what solution do I have to that potential problem and positioning that for them as something that can help them make that progress? Because there's other elements you want to figure out as well, right? There's probably certain type of customer or client and phase that they may be in for the type of services that you offer in terms of figuring out whether or not there's a fit. Because just because you can help them doesn't mean that they're necessarily ideal for however it is you solve those problems, right? 
So for the products and services that you offer, I think you then move on to saying, well, looking at your bag of tricks or whatever options you have for them, do you have something that appears to be a good fit for who this is and where they are, right? What type of budget they have, what type of phase they're in, what type of work that they need done, how much they want you to do versus how much they're willing to do, right? Your product ladder, your service options, which which options do you have and do they fit well for this particular lead or client as well, you know, and, and it's a good fit on one of your products or service options and is it a good fit from their perspective as well too because you may be able to help them solve their problem but your budget may be 10x what they realistically have to spend so i think you need to start working on qualifying it from that perspective as well too and then even if you are someone who can help them but you don't have something at the moment for whatever phase they're in maybe they're too big maybe they're too small whatever it is then you can also potentially make a referral for someone who works with clients at that phase right and we see this a lot with those that are maybe too early for you, those get referred maybe to one of your service providers or someone else in your network who helps folks like that, but at an earlier stage. And then once they go through the process, potentially with them, a lot of the times they come back to you when they kind of graduate or they have bigger, more expensive problems or larger teams, or they made more progress or whatever, then they come back to you and, you know, you get that credit as well. Yeah. I think the, the, I think the uh, budget part of the conversation is a natural next step. Like, okay, great. You've attempted to solve this problem in a dozen different ways. Um, you're ready to try again at solving the problem or, you know, I've come up with a better identification of what your problem is, which is why that other stuff didn't work. Um, you, you then have to go to budget like, okay, so what, is there enough resource here to make this problem go away, given you know my rates, given all that kind of stuff? Um, from that budget conversation, then I think the I, I would probably then move into your quite your observation, which is very much more like a um, do we have a good match in terms of a fit? Uh, but I I would want to get budget first because all the match in the world with no budget doesn't work, right? Um, yep. So uh, that's that's kind of the order of operations there, right? It's um, it's, you know, how bad's the problem? What's the severity, you know, what have they done to solve it? Um, and then do they have the budget, you know, and, and that budget, you know, speaking of budget, I mean, that's, it's not just the financials, right? It's, mm -hmm. do they have the resource budget in terms of the people you need to work with to get the problem solved? Um, okay. I have, I have met folks that have tried to pay to make the problem go away, but they didn't have anybody internally that could handle the conversation that's required <laughs> to make that problem go away. So, so I think the, the fit problem is, is an important next step as well, but um, we're running low on time today for today's episode. And I think it warrants uh, a full conversation of its own. So let's, uh, let's table that for the rest. Um, do you have any parting thoughts on the referral conversation that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, uh, sounds good in terms of continuing the conversation, but uh, in terms of what I would recommend really just treat any referral as to trying to figure out how to help who you're meeting with, make the kind of progress that they need and see whether or not you're the person that can help them with it. I think that's a great, great progress for, you know, what might be a first call. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the consulting trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at Brian at podcastchef.com. That's B R I A N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. 
Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you, yes, you, it's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet, or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, We will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, What are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, Those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.